What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Hey, it's Friday. It's Friday. You know it once you make it go. It's Friday night. Woo! Hey, I hope everyone's having a good day, a good week. It's almost over after today. If you are off on the weekends, you get to kick back and relax and watch some good old-fashioned sports, football, whatever you want, except for me because Miami Hurricanes ain't playing. Yeah, that's what's happening this weekend. We go 7-1, and and, uh, but I'm going to do the best I can get through it and try to figure it out. Uh, Hope and pray it doesn't affect our record when they get back. But I hope everyone's having a good time. And just say a prayer for me for the Miami Hurricane squad because literally, yeah, it's it's a tragedy in Florida right now for this moment. But, hey, we're going to keep going. So today, I'm joined with Simon Later. Simon Later has a very interesting job. His job entails him basically what great qualifications and everything. What's best for you to keep your job or to leave your job? Yes, I just said that. To what what qualities for you to figure out if you need to leave your job or not. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a real real type episode today. I'm so excited to talk to him about this. The main discussions we're going to talk about is when Simon was 22 years of age, just 22 years of age, had his first gig that was his own designing with car alarms and yeah man had some great occupations let's just put it this way and also we're going to talk about what caused him to actually take that risk and basically give that up to obviously go to bigger and better things obviously not right off the get-go it was the best but obviously patience is a virtue and man he is definitely successful now to this day Simon is a family man, a hard-working man, and man, let me tell y'all, it was, it's, oh my goodness, it's just going to be an absolute blast with this, because I'm also, I don't know if everybody's like, I'm pretty sure everyone's in this would definitely agree with this. We're going to have a discussion. Simon is going to tell us 15 reasons why someone would want to leave their job and you will be shocked because i'm pretty sure if everyone's listening to this right now number one answer is probably gonna be money it is not and i will yeah it is not money is not the option to just leave a job so yeah that's where it's going to be so when we get back we're going to talk to simon later I'm joined with Simon Ladder. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing amazing. It's Monday. As long as it can stop raining in Florida, it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm Simon Lader. I'm the uh, 
CEO and co-founder of Silesi Human Capital, which is a an executive headhunting firm. And I'm also a co-founder and a chief uh, training officer for Silesi Academy, uh, which is a training and coaching organization that specializes in helping companies learn how to find and get the best out of their people and help people achieve life transformation by finding the right job. Mm -hmm. That's basically what I do. And uh, I've been in headhunting and staffing and coaching and this whole sort of world uh, since the uh, sort of mid late 90s. I started in 1997. And uh, yeah, built, built a career out of what I'd like to think is helping people um, find the right job. So uh, that's basically, uh, that's basically a little bit about me. Hey man, that's awesome. Uh, so what, what got you to actually want to start doing that? Uh, I beg your pardon? What what actually want what actually got you to actually want to start doing headhunting and stuff like that? Like, have you always wanted to do that when you were little, or was it something that just kind of got accustomed to you? Obviously, around a certain time that it was like, yeah, I definitely want to pursue this. Well, it's actually an interesting story. Um, essentially, uh, there were really two quite pivotal things that happened relatively early in my life. Um, one was that um, I was 22 and uh, I was actually, uh, I'd been in, I just kind of started in something of a sales career. I'd been doing kind of uh, inside sales, telesales, telemarketing, that kind of thing. And uh, I, uh, for one reason or another, I found myself um, in, uh, I found a product uh, that I thought that I really believed in. And uh, it was, it, it was, um, I mean, we're talking now like the mid nineties. It was a very early sort of like an on-star type thing, you know, where you press a button and, and you, while you're mm -hmm. driving and somebody kind of takes care of you and whatever. And uh, so I was selling. Yeah. So so I set up my own company at 22, uh, selling and installing these car alarms. So I had like a fleet of installers, and um, I was out there doing sales and all that kind of stuff. And I was enjoying it, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, I was with a friend of mine and my friend Mark, and the two of us were on the way to a wedding. And it was, sorry, we'd been to the wedding, and we'd had a great time, and we were on the way. We were driving on, this was in England, we were driving on the on the motorway, or the freeways, we would call it here. And this was at uh, about 2.40 in the morning, and then the wheel came off Mark's car. And uh, so the car starts spinning and turning and spinning and turning, and... We're kind of weaving between these massive trucks that are kind of zooming down uh, and through in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And by all accounts, uh, we should have we should have been killed. All right. I mean, this was a very very serious accident, mm -hmm. and the two of us walked away yeah. with just a scratch to Mark's knee. All right. And uh, it really kind of got me thinking. And I'm not a particularly spiritual person. I am a religious person. I do believe in God, but I'm not a particularly spiritual person. Right. Kind of religion, sort of. Place it's something of a of a, a a kind of a rhythm to my life doesn't necessarily kind of lead you know it doesn't dictate it and um, but it got it got me thinking of okay well maybe I'm here for a reason okay maybe life isn't just something you breeze through and only figure out what you're meant to be doing when you're in your fifties so I got thinking and I thought you know what maybe there is a point to all of this and I decided that I want that what I wanted to do was lead a life that makes a difference to other people in whatever way or guise or shape that is. Anyway, um, about a year later, um, I was, I sold my, uh, I sold the business and for about a month or two, I was kind of kicking around wondering what to do. And I, uh, I got a, uh, a newspaper, went through the job section of the newspaper and I saw that there was this company that was advertising, jobs and a lot of these jobs were like sales and marketing i thought yeah i could i could probably do that i mean i've been quite successfully selling and marketing these car alarm systems so yeah why not so i went to the company that was advertising them not realizing that they were a job agency i had no idea what a job agency even was mm -hmm. or did right so i went and i met the uh the ceo of the company he, he was the one that actually interviewed me and um 
he explained to me exactly what a job agency was and what it did and offered me a job on the spot. And I was like, yeah, great, okay. Um, what exactly would the job entail? <laughs> my, my approach was, yeah. hey, man, I really like you. You know, you're great. I can work with you. Um, what is he going to have me do? And um, his name also, funnily enough, was Mark as well, although his name was Mark with a C. And, um, and we just really hit it off. And I worked under him for four years. He trained me up. I worked with him for four years. Then I went to work for a large company for another four years. Worked for a guy, an amazing guy called Chris. Worked for him for four years. Um, and uh, while I was there, uh, I met pro uh, the most amazing, amazing uh, kind of headhunter slash human capital authority trainer called Nicola, who I've gone on to work with on and off for the last 20 years. And... Um, then I decided to uh, that it was time for me to uh, co-found my own company. So uh, got some investment, got some, uh, uh, you know, got a couple of uh, partners, and uh, you know, uh, fifteen years later, here we are. Wow, man, that's awesome! I, that the craziest part is when you were only twenty-two years old, and you basically was realizing, like, man, I have a purpose on this on this world. It may not be what I'm doing now. Obviously, I need to find what that purpose is. And it even shows, like, how committed you were just at such a young age. Like, I remember when I was 22 years old, I was basically just becoming a, a first-time dad. And literally, I was so worried about playing college basketball more than anything going on at that time. And it was just basically taken away from me in ways just because, obviously, me having a kid, I wasn't home. Then the person I had the kid with was in home area, and I was way far away from home area. So I had to basically just give it up. And, and I like how you just said, okay, I'm just going to look at the job ad and see what there is. And obviously something fell in your place because look at you now 15 years later, 20 years later now, it's like literally how much your stuff has grown and stuff like that. That is really awesome. Uh so what, so what challenges have you discovered taking risks and stuff? Obviously, when you said the car alarm gig, when you sold it, was it something that you really was passionate about to where it was very hard? It was like your child. It was like really hard for you to give it away, but you knew it was going to be a better thing coming. may not have been right at first, but it was going to be a good choice. In the in the very end, that's all that would matter. Do you feel like? Uh, no, well, I, I have to. That's a really really good question. Um, the, the the truth is that um, I've always been I've always been able to walk away from things when they've not quite sat okay. well with me. Okay, um, I don't really hang on to things. I'm not a particularly sentimental person in that respect. Okay, I'm very, I'm kind, I'm kind of quite practical. It's, it's a, a little bit like that famous scene in, uh, in, um, oh, Crumbs, oh, Crumbs, the movie with uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Um, okay. And I, well, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the movie, but there's a classic scene where, um, where uh, Al Pacino plays this cop, and he's kind of chasing down, trying to take down Robert De Niro, and. Uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Heat. It's a, a very, very famous movie called Heat, but uh, directed by Michael Mann. And uh, there's a classic scene where you've got these two titans of cinema and they finally meet in this coffee shop. And um, Robert De Niro basically says, you've got, uh, in, in, at the end of this amazing speech that he gives, he just says, you've got to be able to walk away when, uh, uh, and, uh, he says at a moment's notice, you've just got to be able to just walk away. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say it at a moment's notice, mm -hmm. but when you feel that something's not working for you, when you feel that something isn't quite right for you, you've got to be able to walk away. And I think that so much mm -hmm. um, unhappiness that people endure in this world, whether it's through toxic relationships, whether it's through toxic situations of any type, whether it's you know with a partner, with a job, with you know a, a, a group of friends, a home, Whatever it is, mm -hmm. I think that people endure that toxicity 
because of an unwillingness to move away. Um, and it's like a it's like a very strange what if. Yeah. And it's like what if I yeah. like in a relationship. I love how you use that in a toxic relationship. It's like a what if. Like okay, now that I'm single, who's gonna want to be with me? Like there's those little what if moments. Like there's always there's always two paths. It's just a matter of if you're going to take that step to take that path that, okay, basically hit a reset button and see what's out there, or you're going to just just basically stand still, not do anything, just because you're scared of what the next choice could be. That's 100% right. And, and, and so much of, um, of the misery that I've seen um, you know, through friends, colleagues, people that I've helped, clients, whatever, um, has almost always stemmed from staying in a situation that's, mm-hmm. that that has been bad for them, primarily because of fear of, like you say, what if? You know, if I move from this mm-hmm. job, if I leave, maybe the next one's not going to be as good. You know, I mean, people always joke about the grass is always greener. Uh, uh, or, you know, it's like a, a trite saying. I think for so many people, the grass is greener where they are. They just assume that what's up, whatever is on the other side of the fence is not going to be as good, or they're, mm-hmm. they're almost like it's like a gamble. I am never, ever worried about rolling the dice. I'm never worried, <clears throat> excuse me, about, about seeing what happens next, buying a lottery ticket, okay? Because it's like, particularly if, it's, if, you're, if you're, whether it's looking for a new job or it's just analyzing a situation, then... Um, particularly with something like looking for a new job, you don't have to quit your job to look for a job. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Maybe we, uh-huh. with with uh, you know personal relationships, you know, with uh, you know um, a partner or you know a wife or a husband or whatever. Probably ethically, you do have to leave one before you look for another. But at the end of the day, yeah. If if your situation is at the point where you're only staying in it because you're worried that the next one could be worse. It's probably time to move mm-hmm. on. Okay. You know. So, what advice would you yeah. give somebody? So, say like, let let's go an example because like I, I love how you said with a job finding, you always want to find a job that you're happy, mm. with. and because obviously no one wants to get up in time, get up at, for a nine to five, and not be happy in jobs, which. About 90% of America, 90% of the world could probably relate to this going, there is a job that they're there for. Actually, you know what? That's way too high. Maybe I'll say 75. 75% is basically going to a job that they absolutely despise. Um, what advice would you give someone to, obviously, is say like a family. They need to provide for their loved ones, their kids, their wife, uh, even family, whatever in general. What advice would you give them to help them go, okay, you know what? Maybe this job that you're at, it could be so much better. All you got to do is just take a risk. What advice would you give somebody to actually help them go, you know what? You're right. I'm going to do this. Regardless of the struggles and stuff that's going to happen, patience is a virtue. And like how you said, the grass can be greener somewhere else. Okay, so that, that's a great question. And there are a number of steps that people ought to take. And the first thing is, you've got to recognize that there really is a problem. You know, the first step to solving a problem is recognizing that there is one, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and the, and the way to really look at this is, and you, you, you were very accurate when you said that it's probably, it's at least 75%. I saw a study recently that said over 80% of Americans are unhappy in their jobs, okay? Mm-hmm. That's 80%. So if you're in a room with four other people, one of you, and it may not be you, one of you is probably happy, all right? Yeah, 1%. Right, yeah, one in five people, right? I mean, that's 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 a scary number, all right? And oh, the reason yeah. why, by the way, the reason why, by the way, this is so important is because if you think about it, your job is occupying the majority of your waking hours from when you wake up on a Monday morning till you go to bed. On a Friday after, on a Friday night, okay. Yeah. So if the majority of your waking hours you're unhappy, the majority of your week you're unhappy, and if the majority of your week you're unhappy, then frankly it's going to bleed into your weekend as well. And 
you're going to have that Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. You're going to dread it. You're going to basically dread it. Yeah, I really don't want to. I'm really not looking forward to waking up tomorrow morning, right? Mm. So the first thing to do really is to identify that this really is a problem, okay? And if you're feeling that Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening dread, or you're waking up in the morning and you're like, oh, God, here we go again, then (laughs) there's an issue with that, okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, in terms of key practical steps, the first thing to do is to determine exactly what kind of job will make you happy. Okay. And frankly, there are three elements that you need to be looking for, or someone needs to look for when they're determining whether or not a job is going to make them happy. Okay. The first element is um, mm-hmm. looking at all the things that happen in that job. Make a list of all the things that they do in the course of their day, all right? Uh, whether it's the people they interact with, the actual things that they do, the products they're dealing with, whatever it is, right? Make a list of all the things that they're doing, all right? And seeing how many of, the, of those things, number one, they actually enjoy doing. Number two, they're actually good at. And number three, there is actual value in. And by that, I mean how important it is to the company, how important it is to the team they're working with and so on. Okay. Because very often value is connected Mm -hmm. to happiness. Okay. So if you have a job that scores pretty low on how good you are at it, pretty low on how happy the specific things in the job make you feel, how satisfied they make you feel and how valuable they are, then you're not going to be happy in your job. Okay. There are, like, for example, let's take a mailman, all right? You could have a guy who loves being in the outdoors, okay? Ha- loves walking the streets, has no problem whatsoever, um, you know, um, carrying around a sack of mail, all right? Now, it, are those specific jobs? Right, yeah, exactly, right. Um, are, those, are those particular things going to make him happy? Yeah, probably. Um, are those... Um, uh, is he going to be good at that? Well, as long as he's not kind of like massively out of, you know, out of shape and whatever. Yeah, he'll probably be good at it. And is it going to have value to himself, his organization, the people around him? Yeah, probably. So if he can get job satisfaction out of that, then that'll make him happy. Now, there may be somebody else that's like, yeah, but I want to achieve more. I can achieve more. I've got more potential. I don't see the value in, in, in being a mailman. Okay, fine. So maybe being a mailman's not right for you. So... I'm not suggesting everyone should be the mailman, but you know what I mean, right? So it's a case of looking at your own job and then looking at other sorts of jobs and determining, right, okay, from this, what kind of of thing is going to make me happy? And that's really the key start, okay? Determining, am I happy where I am? And if not, why not? And then either addressing the specific criteria or if you're starting from a completely blank piece of paper, writing down all of the things that, in a job would make you happy, whether it's the kind of people you're going to interact with, whether you're actually interacting with people or working alone, the kind of things you're going to be doing, whatever it is, the kind of company, the kind of culture. And then from that, figuring out, okay, fine, these are the kind of things that are going to make me happy. All right. And then from there, it's as simple as getting a decent resume that articulates your experience, but most importantly, articulates your experience in a way that's going to be attractive to your ideal employer, okay? Because once you know what your ideal job is, then you can figure out from that, okay, who's my ideal employer? And then from that, you just have to write up your experience in a way that's going to be appealing to your ideal employer, okay? And then, so it's literally just a chain of steps. Mm -hmm. It's literally just start from there, do that part, then the next part, then the next one, and the next part. There's a, it sounds like a mammoth task, it really does, you know. Finding a new job. It's, it's, it's basically writing a game plan. Like if, like say like in football or something like, you're basically writing play, a playbook to basically just basically instead of scanning out your opponents or something, you're scanning out the obstacles that what you need to do to realize what your true ha- what your true happiness can be, and. And I love how you use these examples like a mailman. Like, yes. And I think in this world today, we're so worried about what the job pays or what, what the job is going to entail. Like, what, what, it's not really a matter of what it is, what the job is, what we're going to do. It's what the pay is. 
And I've actually discovered this before, man, because coming from a guy that works at a warehouse and I am around a lot of negative guys every day of the week, um, I can pretty much point out the guys that I know that are not happy in the job I work. You're 100% right. I'll tell you one thing, by <laughs> but, the way, uh, right? just anecdotally, all right? Um, my first boss, Mark, um, right, Mark with a C, um, he, when he taught me um, headhunting and recruitment, um, one of the modules he taught were the 15 reasons why people, are, or, or the 15 motives that people have to leave one job and join another, okay? So basically there are 15 reasons why people change jobs, mm-hmm. okay, according to, according to his teachings. Interestingly, money was not one of them, okay? Yeah, money is never the oh, reason really? why people should change jobs. And there's a very, very simple reason for this, okay? Money is a Band-Aid over a wound. It's not the cure. I, I love how you use that terminology, but I I just, if you go in like an aspect yeah. of like an American aspect and stuff like that, I really think that is the biggest problem that so many people look at is like, okay, say, say like a job that pays $20 an hour and you're miserable, you're depressed, you, you're not happy with where you're at to go in and you could probably get a job basically at Starbucks and be the happiest person on the planet. Like, I think those are the things that a lot of people are just like, and I've actually seen some guys actually take that risk. You go, you know what? Yeah, I take a pay cut, but you know what? They treat your employees well. I'm happy where I'm around. The scenario is just a good place, good vibes. I'm not around negative people. And sometimes I feel like that is a bigger thing. I love how you use the fact that a money, a money is just a Band-Aid over a wound. Because people need to realize this because I know that's some of the things that people are just like, oh, man, it doesn't pay that much, whatever. But you know what? Money is You're right. And, and here's the thing, right? If somebody was in a, if somebody was in a situation where um, they were um, relatively happy or not, whatever, let's say that the, the, they, they were, I don't know, 40% happy. Let's just pick a number, 40% happy, okay? So, you know... They would really quite like okay. to have another job. It's not terrible, but it's not brilliant. But so they'd really like to have another job. And then somebody else came along and said, you know what? I'm going to give you a job that pays you 10% more. Okay? I'm going to take you from, say, 20 bucks an hour to 22 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to take you from $100,000 a year to $110,000 a year. Or whatever it is. All right? But you're going to be doing exactly the same job. Okay? Exactly the same. You're still your your score is still going to come up okay. come up of forty percent, all right? But you're going to get an extra temp. You're going to get an extra a raise of uh, of mm-hmm. of uh, two dollars two bucks an hour or ten thousand dollars a year or whatever it is, right? And this guy's like, great, sweet, sign me up, right? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. When his first paycheck comes, he's like, woohoo, an extra however much it is, and uh, you know, an extra you know, couple of thousand dollars, fantastic, nice. And then his and then. Uh, is going to think great. I get now get to uh, go to uh, you know go see a couple more movies a month. I get to go out for a meal. I get to maybe buy a nicer car, you know, uh, lease a nicer car, whatever it is, right? And then his second paycheck comes, and his third paycheck, oh, yeah. and then suddenly all these oh new fancy exciting things are all normal now. So his life has caught up with his yeah. raise, and then what's going to happen? Hang on, all this 60% of unhappiness is going to come back to him and it's going to be unhappy again. And all of the mm-hmm. um, excitement and the novelty of all of these extra things he's now able to do because he's got a few more, a few more dollars in his pocket have all become normalized. So the root problem is still there. The single reason that people have of changing, mm-hmm. of, of changing jobs should never be money. Now, let me put it this way: I get, and, I, and I'm, I, I, I've been there myself before, where sometimes you need to change jobs because you're just not earning enough. You know, um, you know, if you, if, if you know, you've got, you know, uh, um, suddenly another mouth to feed, or you know, whatever it is, you know, and, and or, or your 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 partner, um, you know, loses that job or 
suddenly your uh, your company you know takes a, a downturn and uh, if you're in sales and your commissions get cut back or whatever it is and suddenly you're not earning enough yeah I totally get that sometimes um, you need to you need to change jobs you know for financial reasons you need to because you need to earn more but that's not going to make you happier so my point is if you have to mm -hmm. change job if your primary motive for changing jobs is money make sure you're also addressing what's going to make you happy or not okay don't make it the only reason okay okay because what, so what what do you what do you mean by that when you say obviously you make that your primary reason like you make you basically say okay if it is due to money what can i do to make it to where i'm going to be happy and I love how you use that terminology saying, yeah, I can buy a car or something. My experiences would be like, say, like with a workout plan because I'm a heavily a gym rat, stuff like that. You will also, like a new workout plan, you feel amazing. Like you're like, oh, man, I've never seen this strength on me, stuff like that. You see some veins on you. And then obviously when you keep doing that same workout plan for like, let's say, go on to a month and almost two months, you start hitting a plateau because guess what? You've already done this program for so much. Your body is already so used to it. So now it's like, all right, it's time for a new uh, new lifting plan, new new something now because guess what? We already know this workout. You can't fool us no more. We're not going to do much more out of it because guess what? We've done this so much. We already know what you're doing. Try something up. Time to hit the reset button, figure out what you need to do and get something else for me. Feed me more, basically. And I love how you use that terminology on that aspect. But what – so when you said, obviously, if they're looking for more money, like what other ideas would you think for them also for that scenario? So if they did go in there and they say, okay, we'll give you a $2 to $3 raise, what other things do you think that somebody needs to look into also before they go and sign the dotted line and say, okay, perfect. I'll do the same job. That's for a great question. And the truth more. of the matter is, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's gonna it's gonna differ um, for each individual. Okay, it's almost like saying, um, okay, what's the you know if somebody comes to you and says, what's my ideal workout plan? Well, what are your object? What, what are your objectives? What are your goals? You know, you're looking for mm -hmm. to lose weight. Are you looking to, for for more fitness? Yeah. Are you looking for more? <clears throat> excuse me, muscle definition. You know, what are your goals? Right. Um, and it's going to be the same when someone says, well, you know, what should I be looking at in terms of, you know, changing your job? Well, the truth of the matter is it really it's really going to be determined by what areas are going to make them happier, what areas are causing them unhappiness in their job. So it could be that sometimes it could just be down to the personalities they're working with. Like, you know, the, the, like you said, like in your warehouse, there are some of the guys that are super negative. Now, it may well be that the reason why some of those guys are super negative is because the guy that's running mm -hmm. the team or maybe an influential person in the team is just a complete a-hole, all right? Could be. And that's making other people unhappy, all right? So maybe oh, work yeah. with less toxic people. Uh, it could be mm -hmm. um, you don't really enjoy working with heavy lifting, so find a job that has less heavy lifting in it or whatever. It just it comes down to the same with a workout, the same really with anything. Analyzing exactly, you know, sitting down, Getting a piece of paper, writing down all of the all of the tasks that you do on a day to day basis, and then scoring them against the those three criteria. Number one, how happy does this task make me? When I'm doing this task, does it give me joy or does it give me misery? Then number two, when I'm you know, um, then number two, this task, am I good at it or not? And then number three, this task. How valuable is it to, to myself or to my organization? And if those are scoring low, then that's making you unhappy. And I would suggest that the ones that are scoring the lowest in, if you like, whether I enjoy doing it or not, are the ones to address first. Because at the end of the day, whether you're good at, on, good at it or not, some people actually enjoy, and I'm one of them, enjoy having things in their job that, they, that they're not particularly good at because it's a learning opportunity, you know? Every day is a school day, right? I love I, I love learning in my job, okay? And so um, for some people, they really enjoy having things that they 
uh, where they have room to, to grow and develop. They enjoy the challenge, as you said. For other people, it's like, no, no, I need to feel proficient in everything. Okay, so maybe finding it, you know, uh, and, and that often happens with people who maybe struggle a little bit with self-confidence. Maybe they have a little bit of imposter syndrome, okay? So maybe they prefer to have, uh, to only to have the vast majority of stuff they're doing mm -hmm. that they are very proficient at, okay? Um, so it's going to vary person to person. But the key thing, mm -hmm. the key thing is that before you make any job change, analyze what it is that you're doing now to determine exactly what areas you, 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 you would need to change. And then make sure that when you look for another job, it does change those. Have a playbook, have a roadmap. And then from there, um, you can move forward with, with um, uh, the confidence that you're not just going to be trading one bad job for another. All right. Um, and again, just going back to the money thing, if you find a job that makes you happy, try and find one that gives you a raise as well. All right. But, but at the end of the day, let, look, let me put it this way. All right. Um, people say, you know, money can't buy you happiness. Um, and, uh, and, and I agree, money can't buy you happiness, which means that if you're going to just get a job for a pay rise, that pay rise is not going to make your job any happier. Okay. So when people go, yeah, but I really need to earn more money. Fine. Find a job that will make you happy and earn you more money. But don't just satisfy for a job that's going to make you just as unhappy mm -hmm. um, with a big paycheck. I, lo I love how, I love how you put that, and I remember you gave an example due to a movie. Uh, we have seen numerous movies where they show. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this one movie. It's with Adam Sandler, Click, and he was so adamant about being a partner for this big construction. Uh, architect gig that he was trying to get and obviously he had the remote and he said you know what I'm tired of all the BS I'm tired of all the negativity I'm tired of being struggling I'm tired of not having my family whatever and he hit the fast forward button to where he got everything he's been wanting and then he realized at the very end it was not everything he wanted and with all the money in the world that he got with all the ownership that he got of that company that he has worked so diligently hard for he realized he lost his family he realized he lost his loved ones he lost basically everyone that cared about him was just erased from him type scenario because he pushed himself so hard to where he made it to where okay i'm going to i'm going to be rich i'm going to be this guy and I'm going to own this company and I'm going to do everything and I don't care what's going to be behind me. And obviously the lesson was maybe you just need to take a step back and realize, okay, what do I need to do to carry my family with me and not just worry about what's for me. And I, and I love using examples on movies on some things because obviously sometimes you can get the bougie, BS ones that would be like, oh, yeah, I'm depressed all at the end of the day. And then at the very end, happily ever after, you got everything you ever wanted. But there is some movies that are also real where they show, okay, yes, you got to what you wanted, the rags, the riches story. But also, here's what happened for you to get there and maybe make you think like, okay, was this really worth it? Yes, I got all the money in the world. Yes, I got every car that I could ever want. Could have the biggest house, whatever I want. But with you even having that big house, you're in that big empty house by yourself. Because guess what? You pushed everyone away to get there. So I think I'm trying to ask you is what – I love how you use that terminology. You're saying, okay, what's going to help benefit you? But also – for what's going to help benefit for him and the family? What's going to help benefit her and her family, loved ones and stuff yeah, that's like that? A, that's a fantastic question. So what, um, what would I think you think probably about? the best way I can answer that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little story about a friend of mine. I'm not going to use his real name uh, for what will become obvious reasons. Um, but uh, uh, I'm going to call him Danny, okay? And uh, so Danny and I um, have been friends since we were, mm -hmm. I don't know, five years old. 
And uh, he and I used to live in the same neighborhood uh, back in England. And uh, he um, kind of, he, he was always, a, you know, a, uh, um, a hardworking guy. He was, uh, he was a real schmoozer. Okay. Really, really good. When we were kids, he, you know, when we were t- teenagers, he always had a girl mm-hmm. or two on his arm. And uh, he could charm the birds from the trees, as they would say. Okay. And then in the, I'm going to say, early 2000s, from kind of, um, he was, uh, he was always kind of like on, you know, um, trying to find the next big thing. And, you know, when, when, uh, when we were in our kind of early 20s, and he was, uh, he was looking for like the next, uh, you know, the next big thing. He was trading some stocks. He was, uh, uh, he was trading in precious metals at one point and then stumbled into um, property investing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was just at the point where, particularly in, in, in England, mm-hmm. the property market really took off. I mean, we were talking like properties doubling in value in like a couple of years. Okay. And so he, he and, uh, a fr- um, and another, one of our, uh, another one of my friends set up a company and the two of them were basically um, – Investing in property, okay. Um, Danny's job was to go and find the investors, okay, and his partner's job was to go and find the properties to invest in. His partner had had a, a, a really good uh, background in property, right? Anyway, fast forward to two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, and they their company is probably worth about a hundred million dollars, maybe even more, okay. All right. Um, and in the meantime, um, Danny had, he, he was uh, a big, big party animal by that point. He had, um, he had a wife, he had like, I think two or three kids, hardly ever saw them. Um, he and some of his friends were kind of, uh, at a moment's notice, would just sort of drop everything and then go to, you know, go skiing or whatever. You know, it was a, a whole kind of, he was living this crazy, crazy lifestyle. And uh, he had the sort of model wife. I mean, his kids were great, uh, but his 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 old friends like myself and, and 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 Mark and a few others, we were just getting more and more concerned about him because we could tell that he wasn't happy. And he was like, "What are you talking about? I'm richer than God, you know? I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's got more money than he has what to do with." Yeah, exactly. He was driving. Uh, he had, he he had, he had the Porsche on the, on the driveway. He had a big house. Um, he could just like disappear and go to New York for a few days. This is in England, right? And so, you know, he just had like the the you know the perfect life, right? <laughs> anyway, um, he and mm-hmm. and I remember he 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 and his wife used to come over to our house every so often for like a you know for dinner or whatever. And what was interesting was he'd always come, and the first thing he would do is he'd go to the bathroom. I noticed that the first thing he would always do when he'd arrive, he'd say, can I go to the bathroom? Okay. Whatever. Anyway, um, 2008, of course, the property market crashed big time, okay? And almost overnight, he and his partner were penniless, okay? They lost everything, Okay. His marriage fell apart because his wife had only really kind of tolerated his crazy behavior because of the amount of money he was earning and the, the lifestyle that she was afforded. Okay. Um, his life just collapsed around his ears. Um, he, um, he then checked himself into AA and NA, Narcotics Anonymous, and uh, systematically went around apologizing to people and came knocking at my door and said, Hey, I want to apologize to you. And I'm like, so he said, well, what I used to do when I used to come around to your house for, for dinner, the first thing I used to do, you remember, was go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, what I used to do was sellotape a bag of cocaine to the inside of your toilet. That way, if I ever needed to go and have a hit, it was there waiting for me. All right. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, oh, thanks wow. for the apology. It's all good. And uh, his life completely fell apart. Anyway, um, a couple of years later, um, he got remarried. And now fast forward, I'm going to say eight, nine years. Um, he now works as a jewelry trader. Okay. He's not making anywhere near the amount of money he was making back then. 
Okay, he's he's mm-hmm. now got a regular job, regular salary. You know, um, he's remarried to a fantastic woman. Okay, he's got I think three amazing kids from a second marriage. Okay, he and his first wife, it's pretty acrimonious, but thankfully, you know, he's he's got access to the kids and everything. And whenever I'm in England, I make a point of going to see him, and I've never seen him happier. I've never seen him happier. And I think a lot of it is really down to the fact that um, even though he was living this crazy lifestyle with crazy amounts of money, more money than any of us could dream of, um, that wasn't what, what was making him happy, okay? Ultimately, happiness comes from personal relationships, surrounding yourself with people that you love and investing in them. And for whatever reason, that just wasn't whether that's wasn't where his life was at or whatever, um, on his first go round, he was very, very lucky that he got a second chance, and uh, and and I think it really does show that um, money is not the panacea that people think it is. But being happy in your job is a massive factor about being happy in your life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I I love how you use that story and the way you said that. You could actually, I'm pretty sure anyone that's listening to this, you could actually get pictures. Obviously, we don't know who the person really is. We don't know the person itself in general, but the way you get described, you can just picture it. And it, it sounds like a movie. It really sounds like a movie and a major lesson in that. And I really hope people listening to this really hold heartedly and realize not everything's evolves around money yes money buys you stuff money basically helps you advance in life in ways and stuff like that obviously you're going to need money or you're not going to have a place to live and stuff like that or but it all the money in the world like i we always get these stuff all the time where people uh, me an example i remember when i was doing professional wrestling for six years and stuff like that i always wondered like why can I not get to this? Why can I not do this? Like, what am I doing that's not getting me there? And I guess the real analogy was they were just working harder and they were more happier doing the small circuit things than maybe I was. Maybe doing a little bit more than I was. And just you show a little bit more work, and that was what your results will come. Obviously, I live by this this terminology. To, the biggest thing, obviously, it's going to be cliche because it's on an Under Armour logo and stuff, but it's called the hardest worker in the room. You have to be the hardest worker in the room to basically advance. Sometimes you can even be the hardest worker in the room and still not be the guy, still not be the best that you expect to be. But the matter is the time and the effort that you put in, are you satisfied for what you got? Are you satisfied of where you're at or where you have become in this? Because sometimes the guy that puts 80% in plus you're 120, obviously they just found something that they like in the way. But I love how you use that terminology saying, oh, obviously he wasn't as happy as everyone thought. He went to the bathroom every time he went to visit, which you would never question it. You were always thinking, okay, he's got, he might have to go to the bathroom. Maybe He's got a very bad bladder or something, and he's always got to pee when he gets to your house or something. I don't know. Like, you never think of stuff like that until it's the end, until it's, like, basically too late. And thank goodness that your friend did get a second chance because – Oh, for sure. Reality, the way Absolutely. You it, and, and just going back to what you were saying a moment ago, um, I saw a quote. I think, I think it's attributed to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think. I might be wrong. I think it was him that said it. He said – there are very, very few things in life that you can control, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't control what gifts you were born with. You can't control how smart you are, mm-hmm. how strong you are, how fast you can run, okay? Um, you can't control the era or the country that you were born in. But the one thing you and only you can control, can control is how hard you work. It's the only thing you can control. And like you say, you know, just make sure that you're – the hardest working guy in the room, which really informs any job search, by the way, um, which is this, that if anybody is, is is searching for a job, 
then more often than not, a decisive factor um, in whether or not they get the job is how is how effectively they demonstrate whether or not they want it. Okay, um, people that uh, people uh, people that hire, mm -hmm. they look for the guy or the girl that wants it. All right. So, and I have to tell you, through my headhunting career, the amount of times I've seen mm -hmm. the second best candidate get the job purely on the merit that they showed they wanted it more is staggering it happens more often than you can imagine all right right so what's the lesson it's very simple oh yeah no if doubt. you're the best don't get beaten by the guy that wanted it more than you or that showed that he wanted it or she wanted it more than you all right you can't, you know, you you can't control how good or otherwise you are at the, or, or how suitable you are compared to other candidates going for the job. The one thing you can control is how much you want it, or how effective you are at showing that you want it. That's awesome, uh, Simon. That was that's really freaking cool. And I love that story how you said because I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening today would actually open their ears and go, you know what? Maybe the stuff I'm doing now, maybe I need to change it up. Maybe the stuff that I've thought is making me happy is probably not the true happiness. And maybe we have touched some guys' hearts, maybe touched some women's hearts at the same time. And um, Simon, I remember when That's we right. talked before, um, we you told me you have done a podcast. Okay, so uh, we're going to be launching it. Tell me, tell me a little um, bit about that podcast, man. Um, there are some um, sort of early ones already on, uh, already out there. It's called the Conference Room, and it's uh, uh, it's focused on helping mm -hmm. people who either are looking for jobs to get some tips and and, and ideas from the kinds of people that may be hiring them, so they can kind of identify. Um, things around how to write a good resume or interview technique. Yeah, effectively. So it's yeah. Or, like or, an intro yeah, to that kind like, of thing. Uh, and, and also, um, it's it's also focused on on people who um, are running their own companies who are looking for ideas on kind of business growth. So it's basically me speaking to kind of company leaders and. Uh, Sometimes we'll be talking about how they grew their companies, and other times we'll be talking about how, you know, what kind of things they look for when they're hiring people. So uh, it's really kind of both. So uh, uh, if you're interested in um, growing your own company or you're interested in um, growing your own career, then the conference room would be a, a great podcast for you to listen to. It's going to be on. Uh, well, currently it's on Anchor, Spotify, and Google, be on Anchor? iTunes, uh, and really everywhere where you uh, listen to good podcasts. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, but also, um, just going back to the uh, going back to the whole kind go. of job hunting thing. Um, uh, we, you were saying earlier that uh, it does uh, it does sound like a, mm -hmm. um, a a big job finding a finding and securing a. Uh, you know, a career or a job that's going to be uh, that's, that's going to make you happy. And you were absolutely right when you said that um, there needs to be a playbook. Well, happily, mm -hmm. there is one. Um, my Silesia Academy have created the ultimate job hunting toolkit, um, which we're launching. I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, so either we are launching or we launched it um, um, on uh, November the 23rd. So there's going to be a big push uh, around November the 23rd. So, uh, um, and uh, that was going to, that's going to be available at the uh, at ultimatejobhuntingtoolkit.com. So ultimatejobhuntingtoolkit.com is where you'll be able to get the entire playbook for um, uh, creating your ideal job avatar. So understanding exactly the kind of job that you want to do. Uh, a great template for writing a resume that's going to attract the right kind of job. Uh, how to get recruiters and headhunters to really work for you, uh, identifying the kind of companies and the kind of jobs that you want to go work for and tracking your progress to uh, to going and working for them, uh, uh, a wizard that's going to help you 
uh, prepare for interviews and uh, a whole lot more. And all of that's going to be available at ultimatejobhuntingtoolkit.com. That's awesome. Simon, I appreciate you doing this with us today. Uh, it was a blast talking to you, man. It was real cool and definitely learned a lot because you the smallest things that people just don't realize, and I've noticed it obviously from working at a warehouse because a warehouse job, it can get to a point where at first it's amazing. Like how you said, it's like new clothing. You always love that coat that you got and everything, but obviously when you wear it, so much it kind of wears away so it's like literally sometimes it's like okay it's time to put this coat away i've seen it numerous times with a warehouse job i've seen it around people and it's really cool just to realize there's certain things that you can do to make yourself happy and nine times out of ten it's not the word money and that's the most thing that most people have just got to realize is get the right mindset and realize what they think is their true happiness, is it really their happiness? And that was an awesome chat with you today. Uh, Simon, do you want to plug in your podcast? Do you want to plug in uh, your social media accounts that people can follow you on? And, man, it, I definitely might Thank have to have you Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. All, all this was to. a so, very, um, very Look for Silesia Academy um, on Facebook and on, uh, and on LinkedIn. Look for me, Simon Lader, L-A-D-E-R, and you can find me on LinkedIn, and you can also find me on uh, on Facebook as well, and you can also follow me on Twitter, at Simon Lader. Uh, but don't forget to check out the Conference Room Podcast, and also don't forget to check out ultimatejobhuntingtoolkit.com, and of course, stay loyal to American Prodigy. Warren, you are the man. You too, my friend. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> All right. I know people go to gyms day in and day out, trying to find a way to get in shape. They also told by personal trainers to lose weight as they be on the treadmill. You do that for so much and they don't get the results. If you are the person that I am describing, go check out Vector Fit. I mean, is. Check out Thomas Hatton. He is a trained personal trainer. He is a nutritionist. He writes down your workout plans. He gets you the result that you are needing. And even better, guys, I know we have that hard word that's the word dieting. And let me tell you, he brings a whole different level to that word. It is not just you not eat cake, you don't eat anything. No, he brings out what you really need for your body. He puts a training program specifically for your body. So check out Vector Fit at Facebook at Vector Fit. You can also check him out on Instagram at Vector Fit. Um, and also, if you need to, if you're not really fond of social media, you can also call him at 904-548-8479. That is 904-548-8479. That is Vector Fit in Yuley, Florida area. Thomas Hatton, y'all. So, if y'all want to change your body, hit him up. All right, time to get the go-home cue. First and foremost, I would like to thank Simon for joining us today and having oh, just a blast chatting. My goodness, like, I learned so much from this. Like, it's crazy to believe of everything that goes on with us. Yes, the job is going to be the main thing. It's going to set your tone for your expressions, your feelings, and everything like that because nine times out of ten... That is the most common place you are at other than your home. So why not make yourself happier? Why not make yourself expand more to find that happiness? And believe it or not, guys, and y'all heard it from him himself, money is not always the choice. And now y'all know why. And, I mean, people have opinions, but, man, the stuff that he said was oh my goodness like it was it was it was monumental to me on some things because you you listen to that and you're just sitting there thinking like it's got to be money it's got to be money because how else you going to do anything like but i totally agree with him on just based off of 
your leadership based off of everything like that. So, I mean, it was a, just a great blast talking to, just talking to Simon. And also, I'm going to put it under the link when I publish this episode of his headhunting links and also his, his newly published book that will be out this week. And we're going to find out more and we're going to post his info also about his podcast. So y'all can definitely follow him. Just check him out. Buy his book. I mean, just go out there and really see what's out there. Because, like, Simon has really changed a lot of people's lives. And I'm pretty sure everyone has been in that type of shoes where they sit there and go, you know what, I'm not happy where I'm at. It's time for a new change. It's time for a new scenario. So what do I need to do? And, man, Simon could help y'all out. So... Let's finish it off like we always do. I hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more bazzzz down the road. Later.